Good evening, Commanders, and welcome to episode 124 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Ford, otherwise known as Commander Phoenix to Fire, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder tonight are Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ben Moss-Woodwood. You put your client in, your client out, in, out, in, out, shake it all about. <laughs> and we also have our head of entertainment, Commander Thane himself, Commander Chris Jarvis. Hello, hello. Hopefully everybody can hear everything that's going on. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Anyway, and I'd like to welcome uh, our, our guest for the evening. Again, making a return visit to the Orange Sidewinder, we have Commander Marshall, Andre Marshall, from the Paladin Consortium. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and good evening to everyone, or good day to everyone. Well, if you wish, you can join us live. We are trying to hang out in-game, <laughs> um, in beta somewhere at the moment, um, but we are in the IRC channel as per usual, and hopefully we will be twitching. Are we twitching yet, or is it, is it just... Yes, we are twitching. Are uh, currently, we are twitching a menu that says you can't log into the game, um, but we are oh, okay. twitching. As, as everybody is well aware, 2.2 has dropped, and we will, we will come along to that momentarily. But in the meantime, I do believe, Mr. Jarvis, you've had quite an interesting couple of weeks since Slave Radio was last on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Escape Velocity Series 3 um, started back on the 11th. Um, so what we're doing, what I'm doing with this series of Escape Velocity is... I kind of want the because I you know because I grew up with the weekly sci-fi show you know like like Doctor Who or Blake Seven or whatever and I quite like you know episode I, I know people watch stuff online now and people tend to binge stuff and that's absolutely fine I do it myself but I like the idea of something coming out um, on a kind of regular basis and and then being kind of like an event so what we're doing is at nine p.m. on Sunday nights we're premiering premiering the new episodes. Um, I can't quite get episodes out weekly. I'm not not that good, um, but we are. I'm trying to do them fortnightly. So theoretically, fingers crossed. Unless I have any more hardware scares, like I did today, um, we will be go for episode two of series three uh, this Sunday night. And I'm just really trying to sort out everything because I've been, you know, working on stuff for so long, and it's nice to actually now be um, finally releasing stuff because obviously Chaos Reborn, the audio drama, uh, is now done, and you can pre-order that through uh, RadioTheatreWorkshop.com. And also on there, we've got T-shirts and mugs for Escape Velocity um, if swag is your thing. Uh, Honestly, the the, the the t-shirts and mugs aren't the best way to raise money for Escape Velocity because actually the you know the, the margins are very bad. Um, they are really just there for people who want Escape Velocity t-shirts or mugs. Um, and but yeah, again, I mean I said it at the beginning of the broadcast on Escape Velocity, and I will keep saying it. A massive, massive thank you to all of the patrons um, who support Escape Velocity through Patreon.com. Um, it's absolutely fantastic, and the show wouldn't be here without them. So, uh, I've had some really good feedback about episode one, um, which is really good because obviously it's been a while since I produced an Escape Velocity episode, and my, you know, I think my writing has changed and my style of production has changed. So there's always a danger that you're going to come back to it, um, and it's going to be too wildly different. And I think I did do some, you know, some new things and some um, more experimental things in this episode and which I'll be continuing to do throughout the series and hopefully it'll continue to work and people will continue to enjoy it. 
Well, after that uh, eventful summary, um, Ben, what have you been up to this week? Uh, In-game, I've mainly been flying around the Sagittarius A. So, yeah, I went off and I did the little jump from Jax to Sagittarius A, which was, that was a nice little, just quick little, a little 11,000 11, light year jump. And lots of nice little neutron stars, lots of, lots of fun getting there. And then when I got there, I, I never ever knew that SAG A was actually a binary system. You know, we've all got we all know that there's Sagittarius A there, and that's great. But there is also a I think it's a class I think it's a type B star. Um a great big white um a great big white uh, white star there as well called Source Two. And I, I never knew that was there. Right. So, so basically that, that exploring Exploring has been your thing for the last, uh, for the last two weeks. Yeah. About the last month, to be honest. Fair enough. So, uh, Commander Marshall, um, since we've had you on, quite a lot has happened, but what have you been up to lately? Um, I took part in the Hutton anniversary run um, on Sunday with the Hutton Trackers and some Paladins as well. Um, Oh dear! I, I think. I, no, I, I, I think he's been he's been dragged into the uh, he's been dragged into Sagittarius A by the sounds of it. I think so. Yes. Um, can can you hear us? Go, come in, bleep once. It appears oh, to be your bandwidth rather than your audio hardware. <laughs> Ah, uh, where would we be without wonderful technical issues? Can can you hear me now? We can hear you now. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can't. <laughs> oh dear. Well, in the meantime, um, in the meantime, see. I'm on a spinning orange ship, so you I'm have, getting oh, further. You <laughs> lucky, lucky you, closer. my. My beta download just dies. Um, for some reason, um, it it just says I cannot download this. Uh, the file is corrupt, or I don't have access to the directory. So uh, basically, I don't think Guardians likes my machine at all. So, uh, but I, what I, I had one to... file. I had one file. It did that on, and um, I have to say, Frontier Support and Zag were absolutely fantastic. Um, I managed to sort it out. They were basically Frontier Support sent me the file that was the, the, the installer couldn't install, and I put it in the folder. And after that, it just worked. Uh, it was great. Oh, um, right. So the problem I then had was that actually in trying to get into the game, I'd get the spinning orange ship, and then it would um, just crash the desktop. But actually, oh. the the latest update has um, fixed that. I think. Although now, now I can't get into the servers, but I have been in once, so I do know that theoretically it works. <laughs> yeah, well, um, at the moment I'm in, in the process of deleting the beta directory and trying to reinstall, but not having any luck. In the meantime, for the last couple of weeks, I have been trying out a new way of using virtual reality in Elite Dangerous. Well, an alternative way of using um Virtual reality in Elite Dangerous because there is now um, two alternatives 
to the Oculus Rift and the Vive um, in the form of uh, Trinus, which um, I've demoed before, and the new thing on the block called a Rift Cat. Um, obviously, uh, I'll be showing those off at top shift at some point, but uh, <laughs> let me just say I've now got massive um, marks around my eyes where uh, have some badly misshapen VR headsets have, have been forced onto my face. So um, <laughs> I think one of the things to take away from this is make sure that the headset is comfortable. The black Colin, I th I'm wondering if the issue is actually my internet because I'm hosting the Skype call um, and my internet is kind of pants. So it might well be my fault. Okay. Um, I'll hang up and we will be back in uh, two minutes. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leestee to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, I did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is Pete! How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics, we aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. I'm back. I'm back. Am I, am I back? <laughs> well, it says you were yeah, unable to join back. the call, but I can hear you, so there's that. Oh, bloody s Skype. Why? Why, <laughs> Skype? Oh, well, as we're all having um, a little bit of fun and games with the beta... Um, one of the other interesting things that has happened in the last couple of weeks is that Frontier have dropped their financial results for the stock market. Now, has, has anybody been... Well, I mean, I've obviously looked through these. Has anybody um, been through these? Has anyone got any opinions of uh, um, how Frontier are actually doing? I think they're doing quite well. I mean, they've got... What's their other big game? Is it that roller coaster? Planet Coaster. Yeah, Planet Coaster. Coaster. So I think they're pouring a lot of money into that. And when is that released? Is that released? It's gone into beta. Uh, it's it? end of this right. end of this year. So about, I think it's October, uh, November, December this year, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, they've got a big title coming up, and those type type of casual. I don't know if you know, I think it's probably a bit of the wrong thing saying it's a casual game, but it's games like that are quite popular. I know Roller Coaster Tycoon, um, the one mm. that came out earlier in the year, was very popular. Um, mm -hmm. but, 
Frontiers one looks even better. So, a lot of the people who play the from the oh roller coaster tycoon world say that Panic Coaster knocks it into the park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's what I've been hearing as well. What so. knocks it out of the amusement park, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, that knocks it out even, into out <laughs> yes. So, get rid of it! <laughs> well, I mean, overall, Frontier's um, public results were 1.2 million in operating profit, which is down a quarter from the previous year. Total revenue is about the same at about 40 million, but there's uh, a lot more of it coming in from self-publishing. There's four million in assets, which has gone up from the year before. Eight point six million in the bank. I would love to have eight point six million in the bank. <laughs> I'd love to have uh, one million in the bank. <laughs> um, but I mean, we've had a quick look over it. We reckon that um, that money from the bank has gone down from last year because of the development of Planet Coaster. But overall. I know quite a lot of um, independent developers who would kill for those kind of results because they are they are quite quite buoyant and um, I think and I don't know about you guys but I, I think this bodes quite well for Elite Dangerous as long as uh, Frontier are, are uh, financially stable. Yeah, I think so. And kind of on the techie side, I mean they've got crowd. Um technology that they're working on for planet coaster so no doubt that'll be pulled possibly into elite at some point when we actually get people walking about so yeah tell, tell me that stuff isn't good isn't well it's all part of the cobra engine isn't it so yeah. tell me it's not going to come into elite dangerous yeah and if you yeah. if you google the cobra engine a few years ago frontier were working mm. on a um um grand theft auto yep there were third um, Is that the outsider? Oh, the outsider, yeah, that That's looks it. so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, that got pulled. I think because Microsoft decided not to support it anymore. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of the technology in the outsider, I think, has been reused in Elite Dangerous. So yeah, yeah. So it's all not lost, you know. It's all. It, it's all been reused. It's all. It's. It's. it's I think it's it's all a case of the knowledge hasn't been lost. It's all been reused in a, a, a later point. So yeah. Yeah, that's always a good sign. Uh, I mean, moving on from there, I mean, we've quickly, <laughs> it's a bit moot this, but we've also had the vote on the instant ship transfer, of which 39,000, almost 40,000 people voted. Uh, and let's just say, I think it was completely and utterly in favour of delays on the on the ship transfer and we've already seen in 2.2 um, those delays come into effect as well as some very very high prices <laughs> if you're moving big ships a massive distance um, just we'll just quickly touch on this one i mean has anybody got any thoughts after you've seen some of the the quotes of the the ship transfer in 2.2 so far I thought I, uh, I've not looked at the nearby ship transfer costs, but I saw an example of getting a, I think it was a federal corvette from the bubble to Jack's, and it was something like 7.7 .7 million, sorry, 7.7 .7 billion credits. So yeah, seven times right. 10 to the, seven times 10 to the nine credits. So that's and American. It's take, yeah. Uh, which is why I swapped into decimal, into exponential notation. 
And I think it's going to take about two and a half days to actually get there. Uh, that's, I mean, that must be um, a pilot taking it in shifts. <laughs> Serious shifts. <laughs> yeah, they want a rotor, yeah. Mm. Well, I think some people have taken... What's the, what's the shortest time someone's taken to get to Jack's? I, mean, I think it's under eight hours, isn't it? Really? Why is that? <laughs> also, oh, it's, yeah, somebody in a, in a heavily engineered, explorey ship. But, you know, it took me two weeks to fly there. And somebody's done it in basically one gaming session. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. And poor Psycho Cow's exploded en route. Yes, no, that, 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 no, he didn't make it. Um, we'd, we'd like to salute uh, Commander Psycho Cower and his Orca <laughs> for completely <laughs> and utterly failing to make it to Jax with yeah. the shortest ever hyperspace jump capable on that ship. So um, let that be a lesson to us all. Uh, don't try it in an Orca unless you've got a massive jump drive. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I mean, we've obviously had two newsletters since um, since we've been on air last, and I'm afraid to say all of the items in the newsletters have been basically superseded by what has happened today. So, if you don't, if, if nobody minds, I'll just skip over them, <laughs> unless unless there's a highlight that somebody would like to to talk about. Do we care about paint jobs? Well, paint jobs are nice. There are new paint jobs that are there. If you yeah. if you like your paint jobs, um, um, there's obviously yellow, a, we we can get a yellow federal assault ship and things like that. So, you know, oh, a banana yeah. assault ship's always good. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, uh, making an assault ship look even more like a cheese wedge. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what you really want. <laughs> oh no, attack of the gorgonzola or the cheddar slice. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's why I like Imperial ships. <laughs> okay, Less I cheese. don't quite know where to go with that. <laughs> but I'm, um, I suppose, the big news we better discuss is Beta two point two. Now, that uh, that dropped today. We've had. Uh, oh, it's Ed out. And it is out. <laughs> Not so you know this. Yeah, you wouldn't actually guess it from my, my luck so far. Uh, yes, I'm afraid to say that, um, yet again, it does appear that um, my update has failed at trying to, to copy over the EliteDangerous64.exe. So, basically, I'm not going to get this working at any point at all uh, today. It's pretty obvious. So, um, those of you... Uh, is anybody else in? <laughs> I am currently in-game and I'm, I'm, I'm kitting out a beluga. Oh, so you've got the big ship. Yeah, nice. I've ki- I've picked up a beluga. Um, I'm just getting some stuff in it to maybe make it livable with. Um, I've put some I've put some fighters into it. I've put some passenger cabins into it. Um, I've put some fuel scoops and things. Like- Actually, I haven't got a fuel scoop. I need to get a fuel scoop. Yeah, I should get a fuel scoop on my on it. Um, and I'm just. Anyone who's watching my stream at the moment can see me just kitting that out, um, which probably doesn't look very exciting unless I flick into the the front screen, but that's by the by. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's nice. So I've just bought some fighters, and I just got a message saying, 
Dear Commander Edelweiss, you've got no active crew, so I need to go and buy some crew people. So, yeah, I'm not going to talk you guys through doing that, but I'm going to go and do that just now, I suppose. Mm. I mean, we've already had um, 2.21 being released. <laughs> so uh, we're already up to our first patch. Um, for and I'm pleased because that got me into the game. Because I wasn't actually well, able to get in until um, that update. Unfortunately, it just seems that um, that update there uh, is where the Elite Dangerous Exe breaks. Before, it was breaking on one of the skimmer... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was breaking one of the skimmer uh, uh, textures. So, you know, uh, I've I just... No, no chance at all, really. Sorry. Can I just quickly r- jump in here, actually? I've just gone off and hired Adeline Duncan, um, who is going to be my fighter pilot, and she's an expert... Uh, cost me 150,000 credits, so that's fine. Um, mm. But her bio is, you you probably can't tell from the accent, but I'm from Akanar. Couldn't wait to get out of that place and see the galaxy. When war came to my home system, it was flee or die. I didn't know about war in Akanar, but okay. Mm. Yes, mm. That, that, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, they've, um, they've, they've probably had war uh, between yeah. the factions, haven't they? Probably, you but then she's going on to say, I had to make a new start. I've completed the hut and run in, in record time, and I've got the mug to prove it to. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> oh, that made me smile when I saw oh, that. Oh, that, that's going to, to get Grant and, and Simon full wow. of themselves, isn't it? I, I've just gone and screenshotted it for them. Oh, good grief. We'll never hear the end of it now. <laughs> Which particular bit would everybody like to cover? I mean, okay, I know I'd like that to just I'm put out a warning. If you go oh. into if you go into outfitting to look at the livery, and um, uh-huh. you're clicking through the options to see what's different, don't click on the dashboard livery slots because I've just gone into it and I am clicking on back like frantic, and it's not letting me out of the menu. Oh, so, no, you're stuck <laughs> with the bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah, stuck there. I don't know if it just it won't let me leave until I click on buy game extras. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've everything. All of us has seen the absolute massive uh, patch notes and update notes that came with 2.2 that uh, Zach put out. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I have a little game which uh, you know you you put all this stuff out, you put it into a text file, and you actually find out that the text file for the update is actually bigger than thirty two k, which was the size of the original game. So <laughs> it just goes to show even the text files are bigger than the original. That's really quite. I, I don't know if it's that, sad or yes. if it's impressive that the tech the patch notes are bigger than the original. <laughs> I can't quite decide which I feel, but it's it's awesome, whatever it is. Uh, so, Ben, have you had a chance to fly any of the fighters yet? I have not even taken off yet. Oh, um, so right. I was going to say, when Chris gets out, if he wishes, no, he and I can maybe wing up yeah, and he can watch on, me but, trying to... Well, weirdly, I clicked on buy items, and when I did that, it let me out. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just, but of course... So if you want, Chris, you can watch and have a laugh at me trying to get a blueger out. As it were, yeah. I'm trying to decide what to do, because I'm absolutely, you know, because in my guise as uh, Elias Thane, I am perpetually broke. 
And I've worked mm-hmm. out that actually with my massive 7.4 million credits that I have, um, I can actually just about get into a beluga, but I wouldn't have any money left to put anything in it. So I don't know yeah. if it's necessarily a very good idea. Although there's something, isn't there? You can sell, you can sell stored uh, ships. I don't know if that... Yeah, you can, can. sell your stored ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. I don't yeah. gain much for them. <laughs> you never do. I mean, that's the one thing about um, that I remember is that if you're actually selling a ship, go inside and strip the items out of it first. Oh, yeah, because yeah. when you sell a ship, you lose ten percent, and that will include ten percent of the value of those modules. So you strip your ship down first, put in E-rated things all the way through, and then sell the ship for basically, and you lose the ten percent on the E-rated modules, but you save mm. on your A-rated modules. If you see what I mean, they are sort hint for everybody there. No charge. <laughs> so. Jarvis, I will send you a wing invite, shall I? And yeah. Marshall, if you're in game, I can send you one as well. I'm still having technical problems with it, keep crashing. <laughs> okay. if, I, if I can get in, I will join you. Okay, okay. Well, I've sent you a wing invite, Jarvis. Yeah, I might get into a keel back and um, see what I can do with adding fighters to that. Okay. Yeah, well, you you can because the the fighter bays are supported in the Corvette, the Cutter, the Anaconda, Type Nine, Beluga, Federal Gunship, and Keelback. So um, you should be fine with that, Chris. Yeah. Although I, I did noticed... notice this must be uh, a bit of federal bias. I mm, think there's only one that... Imperial ship in that, isn't there? Exactly. I think Sandro's had a little bit of a hand in that, Ian. <laughs> Uh, and isn't Adam a federal boy as well? Yeah, I do get the feel, I do get the impression that Michael Brooks is more leaning towards the imperial side. But well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, sorry, I'm just I'm I'm flying over the top of my beluga at the moment, and wow, the reflection on the glass roof is beautiful. Sorry, <laughs> I should say that I mean, it's, it's so shiny. Of- if we're covering all the features, there have been some things that have come up on my flight down here and on the stream, uh, which are all kind of new. There's a new um, oh, yeah. system transit screen that comes up. So when you click on a location you're going to jump to, it uh, comes up with a little heads-up display on the on the uh, um, well on on the on the display, and it tells you what kind of system it is you're <laughs> jumping to and what your legal status is. So you won't accidentally jump somewhere you're wanted. Well, that's very good, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and cool. we can yeah, cancel our jumps useful. now as well, can't we? You can cancel jumps, yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, just also having then got to um, Shinuata Desert, I dropped in on a, um, a what I assume is a tourist beacon. There was a little satellite that, when you click on it, it gives you information in your messages tab, and it tells you all about the Elite Federation of Pilots and all about the Founders World. Uh, and that was kind of nice. really interesting. So it's a nice little. So I'm guessing that's part of the. Um, tourist missions to take people to those but it's actually quite nice that even if you're not interested in doing tourist missions you can visit those beacons and actually read up a bit of flavor text you know about what the cause yeah. that, for yeah. me that really expands the world of the game Definitely. that there'll be actual canon information kind of scattered around the um scattered around the galaxy that's really cool and then having got to shinrata desra um we've got the new system the new station menus. They've had a bit of a reorganise. Oh, yeah. right. Um, so what we've got, I don't know if you're watching the Twitch, but we've basically got, on the left-hand side, we have general services, which includes 
the, the old things like it's got the commodities market, the missions board, the contacts, universal cartographics. And they've also added to that the passenger lounge and the crew lounge. Then in the Ooh. middle, you have a little greeting from the, the controlling factions, um, you know, computer-generated face. And a little galnet summary at the bottom. And there's a little thing in the middle that says, it's a ha- pleasure to have you with us, Commander Elias Thane. Um, I don't know why it's a pleasure. I don't think, in Escape Velocity, I don't think I've actually um, visited a station without killing somebody yet, have I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, um, and then on the right... Or well, cutting your way out of it. Or cutting my way out of it, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then on the right-hand column, we've got a section which is completely dedicated to your ship. So there's a little thing showing you what your current ship is, um, I don't know, is that a shortcut to livery? Yeah, there's a shortcut to the livery yep. changes. You've got the quick maintenance section under there. Um, they've actually got rid of some of the refuel options. I think they probably realised that no one was using the refuel 10% button. So they've just got rid no. of it. Is that in the advanced maintenance stuff? Yeah. It might be in advanced maintenance. So then below that, you've got outfitting shipyard and advanced maintenance. And advanced maintenance contains the repair, restock and fuel store. Yeah, so refuel ten percent's disappeared into into that. I don't. I, I've, I've never okay. used it. I don't know. Really I've never used it. No, I don't no. know anyone does, do they? But that's quite nice. Um, I don't think the shipyard has changed particularly. Not that other than the ship transfer. It so it looks will cost fairly me. Similar apart from that, yeah. Yeah. So in beta, I can see that it will cost me three reason credits and twenty-one minutes to get my Cobra Mark III to Shinrata Desra. It's interesting, I, I didn't manage to, to speak properly when you were talking about the uh, poll. Uh, I, one of the things I thought was a bit odd, I, I kind of appreciate that there was a huge community backlash over the decision to have instant transfer. And I get it, and I'm, I'm in favour of a delay anyway. I just thought it was quite interesting that even though Frontier were quite adamant that this was their design decision and they were going to go with it, they then produced the poll before beta. And it kind of would have made sense to me to have said, well, look, just just have a look at it in beta and see if you like it or not. And then have the poll after, say, a week of beta. Because people might have come in, you know, one of you quoted earlier something like 9 billion credits or whatever it was to get a hit, you know, a clipper to, um, to, to Jax or whatever. But, it, you know, it strikes me that maybe having played with the ship transfer stuff for a week maybe people's views on whether it should be instant or delayed you know would change it just seemed an odd time to do a poll to me given that we were only two weeks away from uh, beta i suspect the reason they did that is they could tell that the way the wind was blowing with regards to people wanting a delay and by doing that and by you know the poll was actually was only it was quite short it was only over a weekend wasn't it yeah, yeah, it was over yeah. Um, a couple of days. Yeah, and then that then gave them enough time to actually get it implemented in time for the beta, in time for us to play with both the money and the duration aspect of it, so then we can tweak them both, I guess. And, yeah, but also, and also having the poll early means they can actually then implement the changes in time for beta, which they've obviously done, so, you know, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to go and check on Screaming Child. <laughs> so, okay, I, I, I'm just I'm in looking in the livery shots, sh- livery slots just now as well, and I see we have something called the weapon color modifier. Yeah, I noticed that, and it says buy extras, doesn't it? So you can uh, of course it does. Have pink lasers, 
Oh. <laughs> Who wouldn't pay? To- I want rainbow lasers, damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so maybe. Yeah. I've also noticed as Jarvis, I'm having the back problem as well, but we can click on the the top stuff, um, the breadcrumbs to go back and forth as well. So the back button doesn't work, but the breadcrumbs do seem to work. Oh, that's useful to know. I saw somebody nastily did a Photoshop of the buy game extras, and it said um, ship name. Yes, I noticed that. When I saw that, I got very excited, and then I was like, you (sighs) cheeky monkey just Photoshopping that in. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was a little out of order. That would have been a nice surprise. I I would have been very, very happy and excited to see that. But anyway. Right. Jarvis, have you accepted my wing invite? (sighs) I've just been dropped out to the main menu. Oh, have you? Okay. Well, when you get back in, if you want to throw me a wing invite, then (laughs) you can can laugh at me trying to get this thing out. As it were. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because there's no guarantee we'll be instanced if you're in the station and I'm in the station. That's not going to help. We might not be in the same station. Well, we'll find out. I don't know what I'll do. If I'm not in the same station as you, I will jump out and jump back in and hope, and I will go and loiter by the Yeah, and then hopefully we'll be... Yeah, that makes Um, sense. I was just going to see while we're in here whether or not... uh, Because one of the things I'm quite interested in with these new passenger missions, I got the impression from somebody else's screenshot that you can actually... Can you take a passenger mission... um, yeah, so even though I'm not a any kind of passenger ship, I can take individuals. So this guy here, Dennis Gilliam, show us the universe, Commander. He, do- <laughs> he does not well re- react well to danger. If I didn't react well to danger, I wouldn't wear that hat. Anyway, <laughs> um, so it does not really... Hull damage will significantly dramatically reduce passenger satisfaction. Laid back, delays are unlikely to affect passenger satisfaction. Low value target, passenger is unlikely to be sought by hostile forces. Neutral, performing illegal actions will slightly reduce. Demanding, highly likely to make demands while on board. Shall I take him on board? Um, and maybe if, if we jump out and go somewhere, I'll turn off crime reporting and you can shoot me up a bit. And we'll see how unhappy. Okay, that that's be fun. Yes. Okay, that sounds fun because I can try out my fighter while I'm doing that. Oh, uh, hang on. No, no, no. I do need some sort of cabin class. I, even though I can, even yeah, though it's offering me the mission. Yeah, you, well, you need you need cabins that says minimum. You need a cabin basic class. cabin yeah, economy. <laughs> yeah, I um, thought maybe if it was an individual person, they just maybe loitered around what, the cockpit or something. Your car. Then yeah. they're not. They're not May. They're not <laughs> going to get a hammock in your cargo bay, man. <laughs> They're, they're, they're a little bit more demanding well, than that. They've got a passenger count of two, so you know you're not just the um, uh, not just one person. Because obviously you need two yeah. cabins there. So obviously he's taking his partner indeed. around to. Let me, uh, oh, I so it's, it's that kind of it's that kind of cruiser that. <laughs> Dirty weekend at a Depends how much, bruise, uh, how much booze you bring on your cruise, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I want to go and get some... I, I want to drive into the sun. <laughs> so where's this wing's ring request, Ben? I have, I was, well, I did say you send me one. But I can oh. send you one if you wish. Well, I've been issued with a permit for the Sirius system. Is that new? Yeah, I got one of them. Yeah, yeah I'm assuming... Don't know where it is, but yeah, I got one. Okay, we're in. Are we in the same? Oh, we're in that the same. That is the question. Yeah. Oh, are we? I think so. 
I'm returning to the surface. We'll find out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm now in a keelback, so I'm just going to see about buying a couple of things. So okay, let's have okay. a look at uh, fungus seeds. Hopefully you didn't hear that. Right. Um, no, no. Internal. So where would I put a passenger bay and a fighter? It, a, a passenger bay is a optional internal. Optional internal. Okay. And I think the same for fighter bays. Can you I'm still not... put um, passenger bays in a non-passenger ship then? Yes. Oh, you can. They're just they're just normal modules. Put your fighter bay in first, Chris, because the fighter bays seem to be more specific slots than the passenger bays. Okay, so what size do we reckon we need for it? I think the fighter, the minute, the smallest fighter I saw was size five. Well, that's not going to leave a keel back with more space, is it? Well, no, but you've got a fighter in there instead. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Okay, um... No, yeah. I can't see it, unless it's AFMS. Is it AFMS? What, looking for what? What's AFMS? Auto That's field the, maintenance unit, okay. Yes. All that. It's called Fighter Bay or something like that. It's under got a fighter hangar. Anyway. I'm, oh, sorry, I'm blind. Okay, so... I've got a 5E fighter hangar. Buy it and fit it in the slot. Their words, not mine. Don't mind me. Um, and there's a 5E cargo rack. Let's put that in. I just want to see exactly what we can get out of this keelback. Because actually the default keelback is um, quite inefficient. It's it's all filled with cargo racks that are smaller than the slots they're put in. I think that's quite standard, to be honest. Yeah. It's not just the keelback that does that. Okay. It's everything that takes a... Yes, so I've got, got 40 tonnes. Yeah, I've got 40 tonnes of uh, cargo now with a, um, with a with a fighter blade as well. So uh, what's the... Do you have a passenger cabin? Passenger cabins are four, so I'm going to need to lose the other cargo rack. So with right. a fighter bay and a, and a passenger bay, I'm basically going to have an internal cargo capacity of eight tonnes. Oh no, I've got, I've got other things I can do, that's fine. Let's have a look then. Passenger cabins. So I can get here, what have we got? We've got economy class passenger cabin, business class, or first class. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think Thane would probably most likely be having economy class, wouldn't he? Pack them in. Well, it's interesting, actually, because it's, it's not just the cost or the durability. The, the economy class passenger cabin gives you a capacity for eight people. Business class mm-hmm. gives you a capacity for four people. And first class gives you a capacity for two people. So that's quite interesting. That that, yeah, that it's basically it's the same size unit, but actually it's... Yeah, more, it's just more And actually, the little... The little diagrams that show you what the um, rooms look like are really nice. Um, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I'll confess, I've not been into outfitting since Horizons. I didn't go in in 2.1. I've not really upgraded my ship at all. Um, <laughs> are these little diagrams showing you the components? Is that a new thing to this, or is that or no. has that been in there already? No, that was in 2.1, I think. Okay. Yeah, well, anyway, these... These images of the cabins are quite nice. So the economy class one is basically like a Japanese pod hotel, like in um, Fifth Element, where they just climb into like a tube. 
<laughs> so that's that's economy. Business class is a sort of. I don't know, it looks like a sort of uh, Premier in room. Small passenger like that. cabin, yeah. Yeah, and the first class one looks like, I don't know, just look, it, to be honest, it looks the same as business class, but with less furniture. <laughs> the luxury class one, I've got, I've got a luxury class Ooh. one, and that, if you look in that, it's actually got stairs and things like that going up. Oh, so there's, nice. You know, Is that the VIP yeah, you, you only get... That's the VIP one, yeah. Is that a five yeah. or a four? That's... Yeah, so get... I've got a 5B luxury class passenger cabin. Yeah, yeah these ones, it's only yeah, offering you only get them on the. Yeah, you only get them on the actual uh, passenger liner, so the Orca yeah, cool. and, and the Beluga will have those available to them, and no one else will. Yeah. That's quite cool. And so you can actually mix and match the different uh, passenger cabins you have. Um, one of the things that would be worth you trying, Ben, although we won't be able to show it on the Twitch, is if you install multiple passenger cabins when you take mm-hmm. on passengers do you then assign them to a cabin i'm not sure because i'm not gonna be able to no, do that I, so that'd be an interesting yeah. thing to report back on i'm well, gonna go middle of the I've road gone off the i've got um a first class passenger cabin i've got two business class and i've got a luxury class as well just to give me a bit of bit of everything okay um, i have a choice in, of fighters does anybody do. who plays CQC want to advise me <laughs> on which of these uh-huh. fighters oh, I should buy? Oh. There's the GU97, there's the F63 Condor, and there's the Taipan. For the Taipan, it's a new. The Taipan is the new one, isn't it? Oh yeah, I like yeah. the look of that's, that one. Yeah, that's the new one. And there's different it's like a style builds. Style Babylon Five. Yeah, <laughs> there's different builds. So we've got the Aegis F is um, two fixed pulse, one point defense. The Rogue F is two fixed plasma and one chaff. Uh, Rogue G has gimbal pulse and chaff. And Gelid F has fixed beam and heat sink. So that one's a bit tougher. So let's go um, Let's go fixed pulse and point defence. I don't want them to be taken out by... Um, Missiles. The first missile that comes along, absolutely. Okay. Just wondering, what do you guys think about the fact it's all loadouts, like fixed loadouts, as opposed to here's my fighter and then I go into an outfitting screen for my fighter? Um, well, at the moment, I mean, I'm okay with the fixed loadouts because I actually really quite like them in CQC because just <laughs> grab what you want and go. Um, I think the fixed loadouts is probably a good idea for the moment to stop people max minning. Because um, what's wrong with uh, maxing your fighters? Well, at the moment, the, I think they want to keep the balance between the fighters and the ships monitored. Mm-hmm. We might, yeah. we might change those things after the beta, but at the moment, I think they just want things so that they've got a baseline of data. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I will agree there, Marshall. I agree. Yeah, and the old mix yeah. and matching. <laughs> it just adds a bit of extra flavour to it, doesn't it? So yeah. Yeah, I just—I don't know. I just think it's a bit of a shame that I can't say. I, I would like to have a proper outfitting screen for my fighter, but I—I I think I agree with what you're saying, Colin. That these give them a a set data points to play with. Well, they're going to need them because basically, yeah. that's the whole point of the beta, isn't it? I mean, whether or not they they, they choose to, to change that at a later point, see see how the feedback from the from the beta goes. Because um, they are the ships, they are probably balanced for the moment, 
and then just the thought of being able to start of unbalancing them, if you like, by minning and maxing, that yeah. might that might be a bit too much for the moment. Yeah. I mean, I think just having the three ships is nice. That you can you know you can mix and match which ships you like, um, and going into kind of too much minning and maxing, as you say, might push things over. Yeah, because you don't know how imbalanced the ships may or may not be. Because everyone may just use the Taipei. Uh, and, and forget about the other two because it's supposed to be the strongest ship. So, so yeah. But isn't it also the slowest one as well? It's the slowest and most unmaneuverable of the three. Yeah. I think I think the um, the Condor is the fastest, and the Taipan is no. But but the Imperial one. What's the Imperial one called? Oh. I think it's um, just, isn't it just the Imperial Fighter? Uh, I remember seeing it somewhere called a Hunter or something like that. But um, those those ships are supposed to be the most maneuverable. I know that they seem yeah. to be quite popular in in CQC, as Crash is always killing me when I'm in one. <laughs> I got, but when you're uh, in one, or when he's in one, when he when he's in one and I'm I'm flying a Condor, I, the Condor always okay. seems to not be able to match the turn. But uh, yeah, Let, moving on. <laughs> But, of course, the flight behaviours of these fighters are different from the RNCQC. I'd be interested to see, you know, what that, that's like. Oh. <laughs> when do you finally manage to download the game, you can. Uh, oh, I'm raising bug <laughs> stir, 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 I can't stir. get back into it. <laughs> and there Sorry, we go. Oh, What's wrong, mate? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's done it again. It's now saying I've got ten days before it's updated. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, dear. So, you guys, I'd, I'll, I'll hand over to your um, your difference. I mean, going through the rest of the uh, the release note, I mean, it's absolutely massive. But a yeah. lot of people have jumped on a couple of things already. I mean, one of them being Mysterious things added. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Dum, and it's dum, just dum. like, um, yeah. okay. And isn't the biological entities added as well? Yeah, biological entities and, added as well. And they're doing and, persi- persistent points of interest as well. So if you find something, yeah. maybe a mysterious object, you can actually say to everyone, "Look, come to here to these coordinates, and that mysterious object, whatever they are, please still be there." Which I think is quite nice because that's something that always bugged me about you finding stuff outside of the barnacles. You know, you find a crash site or something. Most, you know, 99% of the time, it's just your instance, isn't it? It's not persistent. So having some persistency there, I think, is quite nice. Yeah. How far away... Are there any uh, neutron stars near the bubble? Or have I messed up by leaving, leaving jacks and I won't see any neutron stars now? Um... Are some down near Mayer? Down. Okay, that's still quite a way over then. Yeah. If you're in an ASP, you could probably do it in ten jumps. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not there just now. But okay, I'll worry about that later. So I'm just trying to work out. Oh, is it? I can't get this passenger mission. Is it actually just because my reputation with the faction isn't high enough? I don't know. What's it saying? It says, if it comes up with a thing that says minimum reputation friendly, does that mean you don't have enough yeah, reputation? You're, you're locked. Yeah. Right, right, okay. I was expecting it to be in red for some reason, because everything else is in red. Um, ah, okay. But I've got some anyway, people here. Chris, that will come do you want to 
Yeah, I'm going to okay, launch. Cool. I've got some... I'm going to launch and see if you can see me. And then I've got some I'll... passengers, and I have a fighter. I'm sitting outside, so hopefully you'll be able to see me. Okay, but if not, around. then let me know. I am... Um... Have a look around. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just oh. watching some someone trying and failing to get into the docking bay. Oh, we might not be in the that same looks like it's, I'm, There's oh, an anaconda leaving just now. There's a beluga liner, Lafelrog. No, that's not me. Oh, there I am. That's Ed Lewis, isn't it? Oh, no, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, from... I um, You you know the UFO on the un, on the underside of the exit? Oh, dear, I'm just deploy yeah. hard points. <laughs> don't, don't fire. No, I'm trying to remember what my key binding is for selecting a wing buddy as a target. I think it's seven, eight, and nine, if I remember correctly. Oh, I've got a um, I've got a low wake for you. Okay. I, I, oh no, hang on. Or maybe you're are you inside your pad at the moment? I am inside. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm, no, you... I'm out on the docking. I'm out. On, I'm outside on the docking bay, but I'm not. Uh, well, I can't see you. But anyway, I'll go and fly. Okay. So if you jump out, if you if you leave and then jump back in again, you'll hopefully be in my instance. Yeah. Just bear in mind, I'm not used to the keel back, so this could go really badly wrong. Yeah, so just, do you know how to bind yourself to my, uh, just nav lock to me, so when you jump out, you'll jump straight back in again. And hopefully you'll be able to see me then. And obviously this is excellent radio for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just say I'm not editing this one. <laughs> no. Oh, I ed- edit his top and tail. Yeah, sorry, sorry podcast listeners. <laughs> So yeah, in terms of problems, it does seem to have been... I mean, it's been not a trouble-free day in terms of installing the, the, the beta and getting people into game, mm. but actually, in their usual way, you know, Frontier have responded to things really quickly and um, managed to... I mean, you know, they got a, a 2.1 release out by 7pm, which fixed the problem I was having getting into the game. Um, and yeah, they've done several server restarts, so they do seem to be, you know... I think actually it's better than an awful lot of the um, perhaps beaters we've had in the past. I mean, yeah, we've had some that haven't even been released until 9 or 10 o'clock in the yeah, evening, well, so they're definitely... Oh, well, I think well, there was some wasn't delayed the, a couple of days. Yeah, and there's some, wasn't the one that was like out at about 5 past midnight or something like that? I don't know. There was, there was one where they said it will be out week commencing and they wouldn't commit themselves um, to oh, an actual... <laughs> Didn't even commit themselves to a day. Yeah. Right. Can you can you, well, can see, you. see me or my? Okay. Okay. I'll launch. I'm heading for the door. And if you head, he- okie dokie. So you you can point and laugh. <laughs> it's smaller than the anaconda, though, isn't it? The uh, beluga, didn't they say? No. Apparently, it's longer. Oh, okay. It's also wider because of the wings. Yeah. Okay. I should get in front. I'm kind of thinking I want to okay. get in front of the door, but not too in front of the door. You probably do, yeah. I'm right. I I can see you now, awesome. as it were. Okay. Are we going to have a cow type explosion? Okay, are you ready? I think so. I might be able to get a slightly better camera angle, but just try not to hit uh, me on the have way. I've told. Actually, you can I remember watching. Oh, hello, Chris. I can see hello. you. Hello. Oh, it's a thing of beauty, and very well handled, Ben. That was a takeoff to be proud of. It was. I, I, I can be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's come around and uh, let's come around and take a good close-up look at your undercarriage, Ben. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. 
There we go. So, Let me just get that down for you then. So does it have um, does it have any hard points? Or does it have do. you know? Do you have weapons? Okay. Yep, well, I've, got some, I've got some turrets and I've got some. I've got my landing okay. gear down as well. Let's have a look at you. Oh, that's kind of cute. Okay, put the undercarriage away. I've got to come out of debug cam so I can do that. Um, undercarriage away. Oh, that's nice. Ooh, yeah. Big what's, what's it doing? It's very cute. It's just the way the, the, it's kind of got a nice folding animation of the um, the wheels kind of curling up to fold into the the kind of quite smooth body, and it's got like a quite a nice little case around it uh, that sort of closes them off. So from the outside, it's quite seamless. Okay. And then uh, just deploy okay, them again because yeah. I wasn't I wasn't in position to see them come out. Okay, I'll put them out in a second. So here they come. Um, so that's that's the mount now. <laughs> yeah, they're um, nice. They're please. like um, they're like Robotech feet. If anyone's ever seen the uh, Robotech anime, they oh, kind of look you like you are showing your age right now. Show <laughs> 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 a Robotech uh, anyway. Uh, okay, so where are your hard points? Are they underneath the craft, or are they on the my, front by the cockpit? I, I've got there's some up above, some down below. Okay, so let me see put my um, landing gear away. And you can see my guns coming oh, in now. You get a bit closer, maybe. Head They're only down. up to. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, how many hard points have you got? There's five hard points on it, but they're all only class two. Ah. So on on a ship this size, they will look absolutely teeny tiny. So that's them coming out now. Oh, oh yeah, very yeah. subtle. Very subtle. Um, I'll so just yeah. uh, do a little fly past and have a look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you. Um, if you go around the front of the screen, you'll see. I do think they've done the Lavecon logo very nicely on it. Uh, I think yeah, that's I've, what got that, I've got that on my front nose. Oh uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, quite, um, I think they've done a nice job of that. I saw that in, when I was in the landing bay. Absolutely. Um, right, do you want to get underneath, and I'll launch a fighter. <laughs> okay, that's the weird, weirdest offer I've had today, but. Okay, so let's just have a little let's just have a little look see here of um, what we've got. So I can see the SRV bay. I think mm. one of these must be the SRV and one of these must be the fighter. So I'm not 100 percent sure no idea. which. It looks to me a bit like the fighter might be the smaller one, um, but I'll just back off let, so I can let see. Let me them know both. when you are in. Yeah, do it. Deploy it, and we'll have a look. What happens? Okay, ready. Go for it. Uh, here I'm coming out. Um, deploy. I have a feeling we're not allowed to deploy okay. near stations. Let's go somewhere correctly. Let's go somewhere. Um, I'm sure I'm going totally by memory here. Yeah, you could be well um, be right. I think I'll, the best thing of this cockpit over the anaconda cockpit is that it doesn't have pieces of wire dangling from the bot the, the roof. That has always irked me when you look up. Is that why? Is or anything? Yeah. <laughs> Such an expensive ship. I know. Right, I'm going to jump. I'm jumping into hyperspace now, into super cruise now. Oh, are you? okay. You could have warned me. I did. I thought I had no lock on you. Why didn't I go with you? Oh, did you not Ooh. have beacon? I do have a beacon down, I believe. But hmm. I see there's something here called Pilots Federation Secrecy. Yeah, that's what I was talking oh. about. That's the that's the tourist beacon for. Okay. Um... Well, we... I'm going to jump in. Jump into that then, I guess. Okay, drop on that and then. I'll, yeah. um, hopefully I'll drop on you. Hopefully you will, as it were. And dropping down now. Oh, no, I'm being... <laughs> oh, you being interdicted. <laughs> yeah. 
who's that? Um, oh, it's a blooming... I would come and help. It's an actual player. Oh, God's sake. Boring. I, I would I come and help open. you, but I'm not in a position to do so. Yeah, that's all right. <sighs> if, if only Marshall were in game, we'd be, you know, he'd be here in his, like, kick-ass Corvette and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you think it's polite to say to a player, fuck off on broadcasting? <laughs> you can try it. <laughs> Come on, Chris, you can escape him. Well, I, I do be, like. I like. I do seem to be heading to a planet to this. escape him. I think right. you you escaped, didn't you? I did, but I've actually managed to fly into a planet in the process. Actually, made a very good. Sol's made a good point. I should have let him interdict me and then deployed the fighter and seen what see what happens. Yeah. Never mind. Oh well, these things happen. Yeah. So, what is this Pilots Federation secrecy? It is oh, a um, what's this? Oh god! It's the uh, tourist beacon which tells you all about the Founders' world. Okay, that's nice then. Yeah. It actually, does it mention liquor and things like that in it or not? No, no, it's not that. It's all about it's it's in-game it's stuff. In-game. So it's all about the Elite Federation of Pilots and how this is their original training center or something, and this is a system yeah. they control, but it's shrouded in secrecy, something like that. Okay. Um, I thought that Lave Academy was one of their original training centers. I, I can't honestly remember. <laughs> what it said. If you go up to the beacon and lock it, you'll get a little message in your yeah. um, inbox and it'll tell you all about it. Okay, that's you just dropped in on me. Hello. Yep. Hello. Right, let me know when you're, oh, you have assumed the position again and I will yeah. let my fighter go. Okay. Actually, I'll rotate around so my, my undercarriage is in the sun as well. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm already, in, that. He, yeah, I'm already in a good position, actually, aren't I? Yeah. Okay, so someone was telling me in chat that the small box underneath your craft is the cargo scoop. Um, okay, that makes sense. So, it might just be that the SRV bay and the fighter bay are actually one in the same. We'll see. Okay, you ready? Go for it. Okay, I'm kind of excited now. I know. Deploy. And, um, okay, I'm going to take the helm. Oh, you've got little spinning discs on the bottom of the um, ship. Ooh. Oh, because you've taken the helm, your AI pilot is flying your beluga off. Oh, oh, oh there you go. Oh, that's sweet. Um. So let's see what your ship does in your absence. I think it should be following me around. It's <laughs> doing a bit of a crazy Ivan. Um, God, he's all over the place. What kind of pilot did she's you hire? She's meant to be experts. Oh, okay. be experts. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so... Maybe she's trying to um, evade me or something. I, I meant to be able to control her sometime. Okay, so d- orders. Here we go. So I can give... Okay, so I can give Adeline, who is an expert pilot, the option to defend me, attack my target, engage at will, or maintain formation, uh, follow me, which is what's currently on, hold position, or I can switch. So if I go to defend me... Um, and then she'll maybe not crash into you so much. That's nice. She also talks to you while she's... Oh, what was that? That was me launching. Ah, that was you coming out. Is she talking to you with voice, or is it text? Yeah, I got a voice voice. thing saying doing stuff. 
So I should have a look at my ship, actually. Sorry. I'm... Yes. <laughs> oh, there's other things dropping in as well. It's another, it's another player. <laughs> Someone's come to see us. Hello. Commander Shepard. Commander Shepard. And they're, oh, they're in a Fed fighter. Have we got, um... I don't think we've got headlights on these fighters. I'll tell you what, though. Yes, my, we, do. Um, we do have headlights. Do we? Oh, I can't see mine. Let's have a look, then, from outside. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to have a look at my ship. Look, that's you. I can't see anything. <laughs> oh, thank I've noticed one bug already. What's that? The, for me, at least, my... You skate your wing scale has totally dropped. Yeah, I saw that. The UI on the cockpit is not right. Yeah, and my cockpit one's large. So where's I want to have a look and I'm going to tell my ship to just hold position. Okay. Orders hold position. Thank you. It's interesting as well that when you're. Um, pilot is in command of your ship it actually goes to a a filled contact like it's an NPC rather than a pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think they mentioned that they did that deliberately so that you and I could know who's in whether it's the human or whether it's the AI who is in our ship. Yeah, it makes sense. Which makes perfect sense. You know, it lets you know that, okay, well I need to be wary of the fighter, for example. Yeah, that's cool. That is... It's a nice little thing. Yeah, these things are a lot of fun to fly around. (laughs) Uh... Right, shall I try docking this thing? Yeah, I'm just wondering what options Uh... I've got from here. So, helm... So I can just swap. I can swap straight back to my ship. You can swap straight back to your ship, but I want to try docking this thing. Okay, so when you dock, you've got I've got like the tunnel, like I've got a holographic tunnel to come oh, in on. Yeah. And I've been told you, I believe you need to fly in at under a hundred to come in. Quite possibly. Okay, that worked quite nicely. I, I'm in and I'm down. That was that was easy. Wow, that, that was quick. Copy. Um. Position. All right, now that I'm on board, I want to go out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I only did it so I could try it. Helmed, can you switch when you've got the ship launched? So can you jump between the two? Yeah, you can. So, yeah. and that's really quite. I think that's quite sexy as well. So that you can you can figure out for yourself what you need to do. Whether you're, you know, like say if I was in my Cobra, for, if I was in my Anaconda, for example, I would probably be in the fighter most of the time, and I'd let my NPC do the combat maneuvers seeing as the combat manoeuvres in an anaconda are a bit slow and ponderous and not real a lot of fun. Yeah. But if I, if my ship was having problems, then I could jump in and just take over control. Um, and I think that's quite a good idea, really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. As you say, you can just drop and change. Yeah. Uh, I do like that ability that you can... as you, Yeah, you can, you can chop and change... This place is getting quite popular for fighters, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just ducked out the way of Commander Gimme there. Oh, so you request dock. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, sweet. It is shiny, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, I can see myself having a lot of fun with this. And what about you, though, Chris? Because I know you've often wanted the ability for something to protect you oh, whilst, you're, <laughs> whilst you're doing your trading and things like that. Does this fill the bill for what you're wanting? Um, yeah, I think it, on paper, it definitely does. I mean, I'm interested to know, um, what sort of difference it makes to certain aspects of the meta. So one of my things that I've, I've had an issue with over the, uh, the, the balance of Elite mm. Dangerous has been that trading ships, you know, it's not, it's not a proper competitive multiplayer environment because it's not, it's not what they call a zero-sum game, which is that a zero-sum game is where all the different players all have different setups and different loadouts, but actually when you compare the advantages and disadvantages, you end up with a, you know, a completely balanced sheet. Um, the problem with Elite Dangerous is that you, if you're a trader and someone else is a fighter, the trader always loses. And the, you know, there's there's no two ways about that. There is simply no balance between fighters and traders. So what what I like about the idea of these these fighters is that it gives the traders something that they can do to kind of defend themselves against the the fighters and, and buy themselves time to get away. What I'm not sure about, of course, though, is that it's it's an arms race. Do you know what I mean? You don't. If you were to say, mm. well, you know, you've got robbers out there who've got knives and you've got traders out there who've got no weapons let's give the traders guns so then they'll be fine against the robbers who've got knives then what happens is the next day the robbers have all got guns so the problem you've got with this as part of the meta is that as well as the traders also having additional fighters that they can bring to the party pirates also have an additional fighter that they can bring to the party so i'll be very interested to see in practice how much difference it makes to whether traders feel that they can just play in open without worrying about just getting gangs all the time. I mean, I suspect that for a fighter ship, you know, for a part, for a, for a player who's kitted out for combat, I suspect that losing a level five internal component just for the sake of a little fighter is not going to be necessarily worth their while. Um, but I think that's a balance issue, and I think that's something that we'll just have to see how well it works. And we have been told that the the fighters have, like, really, really incredible weaponry. I mean, I haven't tried shooting anybody just now. <laughs> Maybe I should go and pick a fight somewhere. Um, <laughs> but let me, let me go and see if I can... Let me go and see if I can find a signal or something that I can drop onto and get into a fight. Now, don't shoot at me. Oh! <laughs> how, is, how is you shooting at me... <laughs> Testing how effective my fighters are. Oh, I got, I got your shields down quite quickly. Yes, yeah, because I'm just in the basic. Actually, let me, let me cancel that. I want to see how much we can upset my passengers. So let me drop my shields. Oh, yes. And, um, okay. Shield generator offline. Okay, my shields are down. Okay, uh, I'll just do you a couple of pot shots. Hurt me, but try not to kill me. Well, Keep going. Take uh, me down to about 20%. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go oh. and... Where are you, Thane? Oh, no, let, me, let, me turn off, let me turn off my crimes. I want... There we go. Um... Oh, I can't... I, I was going to see if I could target your passenger... Your passenger <laughs> cabin. That's cool. I, I can't do that, unfortunately. So do I get a status okay. for my passengers in my infantry? Oh, I do. There we go. Look, I can see people. Yay! Okay, so we're down uh, to... Are, you, are, down to are your passengers oh. annoyed yet? 
Mission updated. Tommy Cunningham seeks sightseeing adventure. I'm getting messages. Oh, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Commander, was that hand hull damage? I don't handle death very well. <laughs> Can't they yeah. use escape pods? Unhappy, <laughs> miserable. Please dock at nearest station. I've had enough. <laughs> so there were four <laughs> levels of unhappiness there. They went from... Passenger satisfaction content deceased. Yes, no, co- decreased. So they're dead. Content, oh, it's decreased. Then they're unhappy, it's yeah. decreased. Then they're miserable, it's decreased. Deceased. I thought you said deceased. (laughs) (laughs) So the only levels I can see... Funny. Yeah, the only levels I can see are content, unhappy, and miserable. Mm. Um, Do you want me to keep shooting and see if they will actually use the escape pod? That would be cool. I won't kill you, but I'll see how low they go. Uh, you might as well kill me. I'm only in beta. I don't give a shit. It's the only time you'll hear me say that. Mass- you'll join the 1% club. Yeah. The less than 1% club. <laughs> any any advances yet? Uh, I don't see any particular change. Um, no. No change in their status. Nine, seven... It'd be interesting to see if I die and resp- respawn, um, whether or not they die. Do, uh, doesn't passenger cabins, only the very top-of-the-range passenger cameras... Do it! Do pod. it! Kill me! Kill me now! <laughs> Do it! Yep. Cool. Woo! <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yep. So, so, so what did, did your passengers say anything to you? Or did they did nothing? not. They did not chirp up throughout that. They obviously mm. don't go below miserable. Um, oh well, no, I'm, I'm now wanted. Oh, I, I turned off crimes. Oh well, I'm I'm still wanted. Oh, okay. Oh hum. I might have not turned off crimes until after you started shooting at me. Though. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, a, oh, it's only a three hundred ten credit dormant bounty, so it's not a big deal. What for killing me? That's harsh. <laughs> uh, maybe because maybe because you did the yeah, yeah, yeah. you turned it on or something in time. Um, <laughs> my passengers parting shot of as I've respawned, I've got a message. I shan't be recommending your services to my associates, Commander. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's I sat there and in, invited someone to kill me. Well, there we go. Um, so inventory. So I've still got my cabins. Um, be interesting to see if I go into starport services. Um, crew lounge. Is there like a mission thing? No, sorry, not crew lounge. What we're we talking about? Ah, my crew are all dead as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, I killed you, your fighter pilot as well. Didn't yeah, I? yeah, yeah. Passenger lounge. Um, there's no kind of feedback though in the passenger lounge, like there is. No. I think. Is there with missions? Oh, Transactions. Oh, it's in oh, there. It is lovely docking. I was a wee bit more um, enthusiastic in my docking, shall we say? And it came in <laughs> just under 100. And, yeah, it's, it's nice. Okay, I'm going to take an expert pilot out with me. Um, best thing I suppose I could do is load up with something really expensive and see if I can get myself interdicted. Mm, makes sense. Have we got anything else we want to talk about this evening before we keep? And I mean, I'm, I'm aware we just we're just basically playing the game tonight. But you know, is there anything to cover apart from things that we're playing with in two two? 
Well, there's ad- added engineers with you two. There's four extra engineers that, by the looks of it, and I don't know if anyone's unlocked them yet, but mm. they mold things like your life support, um, chaff, and other bits and pieces. I don't know if it's just cosmetic things like make them lightweight, or there's actually stuff in there that's. You know what? I, you know what I would love for my for my heatsink that can be modded. I want an explosive heatsink. I think that'd be so cool. You know, it's like yeah. you drop a heatsink, and then instead of it just fading to nothing, it uses all of that stored energy and goes boom. Like um, uh, Jango Vets thing on the yeah the Star Wars. Thing. <laughs> uh, well, they're, cool. they're thermal things, aren't? Not thermal. They're so aren't they sonic things? Size yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that kind of idea is like, yeah, I think that'd be so cool. You know, you've got so much energy that you basically dumped into this itty bitty module, and then you know, instead of just sitting there and cooling down, let it go bang. That seems yeah. perfectly fair to me. No, oh, I'm just being, I'm being checked out, ouch, by someone in their uh, Fed Corvette. That's Commander Starion. We know him. Hello, Commander Starion. Yeah, one thing I noticed was the fact that gravity now affects the mines. So that means we can actually do bombing runs. That is awesome. awesome. (laughs) Have have we, has Lave Station got its base in DSO, or is that not a thing? Oh, the ground base? Yeah. Oh, you mean the the transmitter? When we went to get a transmitter, Jarvis. Yeah, I think it's, I, 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 I can't remember, I think it's there. Okay. So we Probably can go and do a, a, a bombing run on, <laughs> on the, on the <laughs> ground station. Yeah, okay. ben, ben, you are always the first to go after our assets. You're the first to go after the Orange Sidewinder, and now you it's want true. to go after a blooming transmitter. I, I'm, I'm thinking that you complain. really work for Radio Sidewinder, and you really... Actually, I was talking to Simon earlier today, and it's actually, it is hot and orbital, I'm afraid, sorry. Not, not, not Radio Sidewinder, so they are awesome guys too. I did... I'm, I'm kind of gutted that there aren't any neutron stars nearby, because I was looking forward to seeing a... Oh, seeing the, the plumes coming out of that, but I'm not going to fly there this evening to have a look at that in this Orca. What's the... Not, oh, not Orca, it's a Beluga. What's my jump range? I haven't actually looked at that. I mean, I mean, there's one. There's all the exploration stuff that we've still got mm-hmm. to cover. There's, you know, all the 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 new volcanic flumes and um, all the extra tectonic stuff that we put onto the the galaxy map. And there's just so much to cover on this. We're not going to cover it all at one show. No, probably not. Mind you, we said that about um, Gamescom. And we never yep. got around to actually go- oh. going over any of it, did we? That's a very good point. So this weekend, we've obviously got Elite Meet. We have. Uh, we have both Elite Meet and uh, EGX is happening this weekend as well. So I'll be going to EGX. Um, I've got passes to uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, obviously. Uh, but... I'm not going to be able to make it to most of Thursday because obviously I've got this annoying thing called work. But apart ignoring that, then I will be there. Obviously, I'll be at. Um, I'm going to be going to the Planet Coaster. Uh, we've got Elite Beat. I think it's 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or something uh, on the Thursday. Not Thursday. On Saturday. Saturday. Sorry. 
on Saturday. Um, yeah. There is the Planet Coaster event that is going to be there on Saturday as well. So I've got no idea what Frontier are talking about, but they'll be doing a developer panel there. If anybody has anything they're wanting me to actually have a look at whilst I am at EGX, please email us at info at com, and I will do what I can to go and have a look at anything at EGX that you want me to. Um, I know there are a couple of things that I have interest in seeing. I've got the... There's the Planet Coast thing, obviously, but there are a couple of other bits and bats, like the... Oh, I want, I want to see what's in the uh, Battalion 1944. There is something which, on the Friday, called In Space, No Man Can Hear You... Um, what is it again? It's basically... In, in Space, No One Can Hear You Score, where they're talking about the dynamic soundtrack of No Man's Sky. So I thought that could be quite an interesting panel. Um, and then this... I don't know if this is something that you might be interested in, Jarvis, but the there's a thing that looks like it's procedural generation stuff in the tides of Numenera. Numenera? Um, oh, I, have to admit, I haven't heard of... I've not heard of that game, but it looked like something I thought you might be interested in, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I've just been interdicted, so I'm deploying the fight to see what happens. Ah, uh, Okay. Uh, I did manage to deploy um, my fighter, and it saw off a Viper Mark III fairly quickly. That was with your AI fighter, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killed it. I got okay, 500 cool. or 600 credits for it. So I'm just deploying this fighter, my fighter now, against um, this guy who... The fighter seems to be engaging him now that he's actually marked as an enemy to me because he opened fire. So let's yeah. have a look. He's in a... What is he? He's in an adder. So each shot's doing about... 5% hull damage. Okay. That's, that's pretty impressive, really. For how small the ship is. Right. Shall we move down? We've got a couple of questions that people have asked us, which... So, Marco Yelich, I'm going to probably... I'm going to say that's his name. It might be murdering it. And if it is, I'm very sorry, Marco. <laughs> um, Marco was asking us on Facebook, uh, saying, I just listened to episode 122... And Chris was asking for feedback on the plot reveals in Elite Dangerous. Um, I concur that how they are being done for the benefit of the 1% players, whilst the rest of us just hear about it afterwards. Um, you're best to go visit the wreckages after the fact. Um, and the notion that Frontier have so heavily handed, so heavily handed, almost led us by the nose to the, to the site's poor game design. Well, on the... Uh Frontier, um, Michael Brooks was discussing this point in the DDF not so long ago, and it, it's not a spoiler to say that um, that one that thing about the alive event, the 1%, ha has been listened to, and they are making adjustments for the future so that people will not leave, be, fe be feeling as if they've left out so much. Okay. I think it's difficult, though, in any kind of... Um you know, sort of group event. If you're going to have story that's based on revelation, it's very hard to do that in a way that doesn't actually only involve the first sort of audience to come to it. I mean, it's a bit like if you have a film that the, the kind of strength of the film is based on a twist, because not only mm -hmm. do you then get problems with spoilers, where, where people come along to you and say, well, hey, this thing happens in this movie. You know, like, I've never seen The Sixth Sense, but I could tell you what happens 
in most of that film. I've never seen it. Yeah. But people just talk about I'm it. I'm the same. Um, so, you know, there's that kind of thing. And there's also the element of, you know, is, is a story still worthwhile, even if you know the twist? And I think that's the other thing that's tricky because, I mean, like I say, something like The Sixth Sense, already knowing what the ending is, I feel no particular need to watch that movie because I, the way people talk about it and the way that movie's come across to me, all that film has to offer, as, as I understand it, is an incredible twist that blows your mind if you don't know about it. But actually, if you do know about it, what does it actually do for you, you know, as a film, as an audience? And it's a bit like that with the stuff in the game. If you have stuff which is out there in the universe where the big f- fun of the gameplay is the initial reveal... What does that plot and what does that gameplay offer you once the reveal is no longer the thing that's interesting? Do you know what I mean? It's like the barnacles. The, the huge thing yeah. was the discovery of the barnacles. But actually, they haven't, you know, necessarily led to... They're not doing much. Yeah, they, they haven't led to a kind of deep set of gameplay levers, which means, well, if I go to the you know barnacles, I can go and do, you know, this, that, you know, and the other gameplay. Um and yeah i just think it's i think they just need to look carefully at introducing plot elements in the game that aren't just about knowing stuff but actually give you interactions and to be fair you know like with the barnacles you could shoot at them and get meta alloys and bring them back and it was curing ua bombed stations or something like that um so you know there is there was a slightly wider thing going on but i think i think that's the sort of thing they need to look at they need to look at is this element of plot and gameplay significant beyond the first revelation because if it isn't then it's only going to appeal to that first one percent who actually uncover it it's not actually providing gameplay you know necessarily to anyone else well, like I said, they they have taken that on board, and yeah. um, they're looking at different ways to get the same kind of content over. Solid copy. Deploying. I mean, I think one of the things that they need to do is maybe doing some telegramming. So, you know, for example, if we take the barnacles, now that they've been discovered and things like that, we know that the Federation and the Imperials, and I'm assuming the Alliance, everyone's kind of interested in them. So maybe there should be missions generated all across the the bubble saying, "Hey, Commander, you know we 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 know you and we trust you. Could you go and have a look at this for us, please?" Um, which maybe involves it's just a simple collection mission. You know that's what it boils down to. But it's go here, go here, go and get us a metal metal alloy, take it back. It's just a collection mission, but. It's at least saying, go and have a look at a barnacle, will you please? And wrapping up in a better storyline. Is is that the kind of thing that you're wanting, Chris? Or is it maybe something more? Sorry, I was engaged in combat a little bit there, so I wasn't totally following it. (laughs) (laughs) But what I caught at the end of it... Yeah, I mean, just, you know, you want something like... uh, I guess it goes back to the whole multi-part missions thing. You want something that just gives you a level of complexity. So I'll give you an example where you've got um, points of interest on planet surfaces, you quite often um, you quite often come across escape pods. Now, what yes. would be really interesting is, having got that escape pod and taken it back to a station, wouldn't it be really interesting if you got 
a um, a message from the person you rescued saying, "Thanks for rescuing me. I was shot down by this person." I'll give you loads of money if you can go and help me get revenge on them. And then that person yeah. becomes like your passenger, and then that gives you another mission. Do you see what I mean? It's like, um, I've been, I'm quite Daisy late Jenny to the party. Missions. Yeah, I'm yes. quite late to the party. I've been playing um, Mass Effect 2 for the first time. Not played it before. Mm. And one of the things that's quite interesting there is you've obviously got the mining minigame whereby you, you know, if you haven't played Mass Effect, basically you, you drag your, you have like a a galaxy map or a star system map and you sort of drag your ship around with the mouse pointer and if you get it near a planet you can go into orbit and you can start scanning the surface and firing um you know mining scanners off at it but one of the things that's quite interesting is that every now and again you'll come across a planet and you'll start scanning it for mining resources and instead of getting mining resources you'll get like a distress beacon or an sos and that means you can then land on that planet and there's actually like a you know a mission that you can do there and it's just that way of kind of introducing um content that breaks you out of what you were necessarily originally planning to do and taking you into something else which is equally as interesting uh, and that that's sort yeah. of what I'd like from some of these story elements is for it to actually you know I'd, I'd like to fly to to, to jacks and because I've gone out there, get a whole load of messages around, oh, Commander, so glad you're here. We've got this whole list of problems we need to deal with. Can you deal with them for us? And in some respects, Elite does do that. But it does it in quite a a hands-off way. And because it's multiplayer, I keep going back to this, because really what I'm describing is a single-player experience. Um, You know, when when, when you do these things, the changes that you make the way they currently are don't seem necessarily to be significant, which is why I think in, in Elite Dangerous, the significance that you deliver should really be on an individual NPC basis. Because you can't yeah, have a multiplayer it, environment. Um, sorry, you can't have a multiplayer environment where just completing three or four missions drastically changes the outcomes of an entire faction. It's got to be an individual character that you impact on because you can do that as an individual player. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> my my point was, I mean, in other MMOs, they, especially ones which have the, the, this kind of feeling that you're supposed to be some kind of hero, you also always end up doing the same batch of missions in an instance, and it feels very fake. It, it feels like, oh, everybody's been through doing that kind of mission, and they compare notes, and they, they, they do dungeon runs and things like that. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the SOTOR flashpoints in particular, mm. and you know, after a while, it, it just it just breaks the whole immersion of the of the game. The one advantage that Elite Dangerous does have is that because you are so insignificant, um, you don't have that horrible feeling that oh, everybody's done this mission. Or, the, or there is a set plan for you to become the chosen one, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But then after you've become the chosen one, actually, no, everybody else is the chosen one. At least in Elite Dangerous, you are an insignificant dot and an insignificant dot, just like everybody else. And you haven't yeah. got the delusion that you've been the chosen one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a very fine line between getting that kind of, yes, it's, it's, it's me affecting things and... And trying to appease or to get everyone kind of thinking that they're doing something unique. So, yeah, I think it's a challenge for Frontier to kind of get that right. But what Chris said about kind of you've got your own little mini story arc, 
even though it is insignificant in the galaxy, but it impacts that one person that you've rescued. I think that's actually pretty cool because um, it's a nice bit of, bit of the story and it takes you off on a tangent. You may, not have, you may have just picked that up just randomly and then all of a sudden you've spent the, last, the next hour or two doing stuff to help that person so yeah i mean technically one of the things we do want i think though is the um can you give us a lift to alderaan no questions asked (laughs) kind of mission isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's the kind of thing we're always wanting but without the big death star waiting for you at the end but you know to get into trouble on the way yeah i mean it's 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 like um i'll give you an example they obviously had the community goal recently where as part of that um uh, treasure hunt where the guy was saying he wanted to be delivered enough you know booze to spend the rest of his life drunk or to drink himself to death or something <laughs> like that but because of the way the community works and because of the number of players contributing to that community goal the guy was delivered something like four billion tons of lafian brandy you know what i mean it's like do you know what it's like it's like two tons of lafian brandy would probably be enough to, to drink yourself to death um and it just you know so i did one of the things i've been doing as part of my escape velocity stuff because i have a private group where i've been kind of engaging in some role play and some story-based activity with my patreon backers and one of the things i learned very quickly off the 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 first event that i did because i had this idea that i'd be kind of i'd be sitting in my ship and my ship would have a lot of damage you know all my systems are down and i'd be sending out a distress beacon for people to come and bring me stuff that i need to kind of get rescued so i was asking for liquid oxygen food water booze um some technical components and the idea being that my backers would kind of, you know, drop in and bring me these things and I would, uh, you know, make it a bit of a kind of self-styled community goal. But the problem I had was that the first person who turns up realistically has all of the things you've asked for. So, you know, I ended up, you know, coke scooping stuff and uh, ended up with the food and the water and the liquid oxygen and the reactive polymers or whatever it was that I've been asking for. And it occurred to me that I'm I'm creating something of a an unlikely fiction if I'm then just going to carry on sitting there and waiting for another player to turn up and give me all the stuff again. Because, of course, in the game, you know, I can be scanned and people could see what I've got in my cargo hold. So once I've got that stuff, it's very hard to maintain that role-playing illusion of, oh, yes, I need you to come and rescue me as well. And realistically, I've got, what, like 100 or so um, patrons. They can't all come and be the person who rescues me so i've actually learned from my first trip out <laughs> that those kind of i say community goals but those kind of patron goals if you like are not that that's not viable gameplay even for a community of my size which as i say is only a little over 100 players um so if you're talking about you know if you're talking about hundreds of thousands of players you do need to be something i think you do need to have something that that will scale effectively yeah that just people feel like they're actually making a contribution i mean the cgs have really become a bit of a game of what tier can i kind of get myself into and what rewards can i get out of it but it doesn't give Mm -hmm. you it doesn't give you a feeling that you're actually changing something i mean like i say that that guy that was looking for all that booze after his first 10 tons realistically the rest of the people who turned up were wasting their time because he already had what he wanted um but 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's you know, it's it's a difficult thing for it's a difficult thing to balance in an MMO style game, um, and I think yeah, I just think you you, you know. But I mean, I, I mean, Colin, you can comment on this because Star Wars. Uh, which one was it they did? Was it Star Wars Galaxies? Which yeah, was the more Star Wars recent Galaxies. one? So that oh, no, the more recent one was Sotor. Yeah, go on. Yeah, well, they had this idea in the design of that, that it was going to be an MMO, but actually, when you played together on a, like, a quest, you were actually going to be in, like, a four-player instance. Yes. And the idea being Mm -hmm. that every quest you'd go on would actually be more of a kind of story RPG than necessarily just raiding a dungeon. Yeah, that's what the original intent was. Yeah. It didn't, it hasn't worked, in my opinion. I mean, the... (laughs) They're they're fun. I mean, they're they're on about this the fourth pillar, the story, mm. uh, as far as this was concerned. But you know, after a while, you you just tagged up with people. You ran this the, the same storyline again. And one of the things that really honked me off right in the first time was I only got into doing those um, about three months after the game had started. Mm. So when I actually picked up groups to do that, people were just skipping through the dialogue. Because yeah. they'd been through it hundreds of times before, yeah. and you know, I wanted to see that dialogue, but yeah. I obviously never had a chance. Uh, and that's that's one of the the issues with this, this story. I mean, going back to the community goals, I mean, I, I had a uh, a word with some people in the DDF, and we've been kind of bouncing ideas about uh, community goals. And I think everybody's realised that if if they want to have community goals, which means something, and there's going to have to be some kind of way for that community goal to put the conflict into the background simulation so that, you know, that there's a, um, a, a either a tug-of-war community goal or the first team to complete a community goal will um, mean that the opposing community goal is negated, if you see what I mean. So yeah. that, you know, some of that, th- there's a definite winner because um, what I've seen so far is that whoever, whoever completes the community goal first, then... All the other, all the players do is they go over to the second community goal and get more money from that. So <laughs> both the community goals are eventually done, and there's not yeah. a winner. Well, I I think the only time that Frontier kind of well, there's a couple uh, one that I can think of was that uh, as it Emperor's Dawn they had a whole plot line for that, and that is something that actually did get stamped on by the players. So <laughs> I think that was one of the only times where what the players did really did affect the game because it cut that story out completely. Yeah, I mean, well, there was a whole hoo-ha about the um, uh, players um, unknown artifacting one of the community goals for the Federation, wasn't there? Yeah. You, could, you couldn't drop that off, and um, you couldn't actually drop off what the, the Fed Federation needed because the marketplace had shut down. And, of course, the main issue with that was that... Um, it turned out that they'd got their, their sums wrong, but that few unidentified artifacts shouldn't have knocked out the station. But, you know, um, a lot of people were crying foul over that, even though it was a legitimate mistake. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that all community goals now have that as a caveat at the bottom. So, I mean... There's been an interesting point in one of the chats. So, there's been an interesting point in one of the chats 
uh, what I was saying about the um, the picking up the person in the escape pod and then them becoming an NPC who gives you a mission. One of the things that would be really interesting and really immersive is if you have a fighter bay, whether that person insists on coming with you as your contract fighter for that mission. So a bit like, again, sorry, going back to Mass Effect 2, just because I've been playing it recently, uh, and it's in my head. When you go on an individual, you know, you have your characters that you amass for your crew. When you go on a story that affects them personally, you have to take them with you you don't get the option not to include them in your squad so it could be a bit like that in elite in the sense that uh you could come across an npc who then says i've got this mission for you and i'm coming with you to deal with it and then that person is your fighter pilot for that mission and then they can kind of talk to you uh, you know as you're approaching the mission objectives you actually get a little bit more in-game kind of generated plot and that sort of thing um, well, that's a really good suggestion. That's a really interesting way of doing it. I think. Yeah, I, I know, and it it does sound like it's a fantastic thing to to do. There's only one problem, and I'm putting my developer's hat on here. Is that's difficult to code in. Uh, it'll take a, a a while to put that kind of um, feeling in into the game, and also make it uh, sort of. Uh, uh, constantly evolving so you know not everybody's running the same mission again I don't think it necessarily matters because your experience in um, Elite is essentially individual I mean nobody sees I, I, I know what you're saying because in a game where you're doing missions over and over again you are essentially then going back to the same place to do the same mission again but I just think I don't know. I mean, I'm not... I kind of don't want to be coming across as criticising Frontier on this, because actually, I think they've done a fantastic job, and I can see even more of it in this update. They've done a really good job of actually creating kind of characters around the pilots, and characters around the mission contacts, and characters around the um, the passengers that you pick up. So I do think it's a direction that Frontier are going. Um, I just think that with the kind of... the the major story elements... I just, I don't see, I don't see how you can make it a really interesting story, unless it's a story that happens to you on a one-to-one basis. And it's a bit like being an audience. You know, you can be in a, an auditorium of five hundred people in theatre, but you're still personally going on that story journey. It's not like you're sitting down one-to-one with an actor and they're kind of doing it all for your benefit. Um, but I just think, I think there's got to be a way of dressing it up in a way that it feels like you're doing something individual and significant but at the same time making that available to everyone but but i know what you're saying about other people being along for the ride because you know when i played borderlands i had the same issue every time i opened up my game to co-op all i got was high level players who knew the game backwards and they just came in and completed my missions for me most of the time they'd completed the mission before I even got to the first waypoint so I kicked them all out but then that's you know that's me under my rock you all know how I like to play under my rock you do like your rock I'm just wondering Chris I mean, just turning the idea on its head instead of a passenger saying I want to I want to fly your fighter what about getting missions from your fighter pilots so you're you know not only are you you're leveling them up effectively as they do some pew-pew, but also once they maybe start liking you, they might say, 
you know, could you take me back home to see my parents, please? Or something. That sounds very, very similar to the kind of mechanics they had in Knights of the Old Republic, where the more you got closer to your your companions, the more they would open up. But yeah. again, it, it goes back to the development time that will be involved oh, in creating that. Totally agree. It's a lot of... It's definitely development work. But if there's anybody in the game who we're going to want to have relationships with, it's going to be our fighter pilots, especially seeing as they can actually die, the poor buggers. Mm. I think it just On involves... I think it just involves a lot of writing. I, mean, I don't know, going to, to a board game example, I don't know if any of you guys have played um, Betrayal at House on the Hill. No, I'm guessing I'm by that. Not. <laughs> I'm guessing by that silence, I don't know. So it's a game where you you start off um, in the the entrance hall of a creepy old house, and you the, there is only the entrance hall. And as you move through doors, you pull random rooms from a deck of tiles, and you place that room next to where you're going, and you gradually build this house by by going through doors. And in each room, there are potentially icons which represent either items that you find or or events that happen. But what happens is, you go into a room, and it'll say there's an item in here, and then you pick up an item from the item deck. So the combination of what room you've pulled out is random, and the item that you find in that room. So you might find the kitchen, and the next time you play the game, when you pull out the kitchen the item that you get in there is completely different. Do you, what, do you see what I'm saying? Then on top of that, you've then got these things called omens, which is all to do with how the, how the, the game progresses. But the, the, the point I'm making is that when you, um, when you trigger what's called the haunting, there is actually a plot that kicks into the game. And that plot is determined by when you go into a room with an omen... If the haunting starts because of that, the plot is the combination of the room you walked into and the specific omen card you picked up. And that doesn't seem like very much complexity, but actually the game comes with a booklet of 50 different scenarios. So that very simple combination of rooms and picking up a card from a deck leads you to to 50 different possible story scenarios. And that's a board game. I mean, that's a printed piece of card which is never going to change from day one when you buy it to day whenever when you stop playing it. And I just think that in a in a game like Elite Dangerous where, you know, the, the developers have the chance to change content all the time and there are so many more variables at play than, than what there is in, in a simple board game with cardboard pieces that actually creating kind of stories with interchangeable elements that feel fresh even though they're automatically generated um, I think is entirely possible and it's a bit like you know you see people posting pictures of you know people particularly people who go off exploring every day on my Facebook feed I see pictures of incredible planets planets that you know I wouldn't have believed existed there was one someone posted the other day it looked the planet looked like a cheese grater had been at it because the whole thing was covered in like 20 kilometer deep um valleys and things and someone else posted a picture they found an earth like with rings and you think that actually with all the procedural generation stuff that frontier are doing they've invested an awful lot of time and an awful lot of energy into making every star system and every planet that you come across 
completely unique, but built up from the same elements that all the other planets are built up on. And what I'm saying is, I think that there is a way that you can apply that procedural generation to plot and missions so that actually it feels, you know, it can feel fresh. And if you have a combination of a person and an objective and a faction and a situation you fight them in and an attitude towards you and towards any given other faction, you've actually got quite a lot of complexity there and things could grow out of that. Well, <laughs> it's certainly something, it is certainly something that has potential, but um, I think we'll have to be carrying on discussing that one another night. Yes. <laughs> because, um, time is moving on. And um, we would just like to send out a special mention uh, to one of the Hutton truckers, Commander Hober Marlow, who is doing a special, uh, a special effect sponsored. No, no, he's doing a bike ride sponsored for special effect um, over the next, <laughs> over the next. Um, well. Ben, have you got any more information on this one? On the 5th of November, I think he's doing the, the actual event. I think he is. I think he's it's, it's cycling 50, uh, 50 miles, I believe. Um, and I know he's, it's the furthest he's ever gone for several years. Um, if, I think it's actually the furthest he's ever gone ever. Um, so, so basically, um, Commander Hobermallow admits quite freely that he is completely unfit. So this this fifty mile thing on a bike will be quite an achievement for him, and I if anybody it's... wants to to join him on his fifty miles, or either virtually on a on a push on a one of these exercise bikes on a virtual headset, which I do believe, I think Commander Flossie might be doing. <laughs> but, um, oh, she's she's certainly matching his fifty miles on an exercise bike at home. Okay, uh, but <laughs> well, I cycled five miles, well, five and a bit, six miles today. Well, I sort of cycled that every. Actually, no, I cycled twelve miles today because uh, there I'm well, back, obviously. Well, it should be nice and easy for you then if you if you go with him. And he's doing it in in remembrance of his cousin Richard, yep. um Kilcoyne. So we we thought we'd we'd give him a uh, a little uh, mark of encouragement. And Good luck. Also, Yes, and you'll find his uh, Just Giving fundraising page in the show notes. Once, yeah. once this it's, is done. I, if you were to look for Super Hober Special Effects Team Go, you might find it in the Just Giving thing, but it's probably going to be a lot simpler just to find it from the show notes. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I think um, we're going to have to draw things to a close this evening. Uh, we'll let everybody run off to carry on their their 2.2 beta testing, or in my case, non-testing. <laughs> and mine. <laughs> yeah, you still not managed to get in, Marshall? I've been bouncing in and out, so... Oh, God. Losing the will to live. <laughs> so, we'll just put a, a special mention that um, we were, I think, myself, uh, Chris, will you be at um, Elite Meet this Saturday? I should be. Yeah. Uh, so there's me, myself, and Ben um, will be at Elite Meet this Saturday. So if you see us, say hi and tell us never let Colin present again. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Uh, contact us at Facebook slash Lave Radio, and we're at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to 
facebook.com live radio or you can join the TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to have a chat on teamspeak.laveradio.com. Live radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half eight. Well, we try to at half eight, streamed out. So I'd like to thank uh, Chris. I'd like to thank Ben. I'd like to thank Andre. And uh, <laughs> until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.